Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings on a Monday night. <laughs> Normally, I would say beautiful, uh, but it, it, it no, it just no. Uh, but that's okay, because we have a fantastic show lined up for you tonight. Let's get into it. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Kyle Larson and John Hunter Nemechek, big winners over the weekend from Martinsville Speedway. Then, unknowingly to each of them, they had a burnout competition. Uh, for some reason, all the big wigs in NASCAR can't get their heads around the idea that we don't need those stupid little rain flaps on those race cars, because guess what? It results in the car catching on fire when they do a burnout. I digress. John Hunter Nemechek ended up being okay. Kyle Larson, meanwhile, did an entire half-mile burnout around Martinsville Speedway after picking up the win on Sunday. The biggest consensus afterward is the new NASCAR sucks on short tracks. You can't pass. Denny Hamlin upset. A lot of drivers upset uh, that new tires meant nothing and they couldn't move through the field. Meanwhile, how about the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars? Brad Sweet, the big cat, picks up a dramatic win at Federated Auto Parts Raceway at I-55 as the World of Outlaws season continues to move forward. And also a programming note for those fans of uh, sprint car racing at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. The scheduled events for this weekend have been postponed to May due to inclement weather scheduled for this weekend. So those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Did you recover from yesterday? What a what a time we had out yeah, there. It was yesterday. a lot of fun. Uh, got to see a lot of a uh, lot of friendly faces and and uh, you know really it was exactly what it was supposed to be a kickoff party to get people fired up about the upcoming season and uh, now we're ready to go racing in Michigan. Yeah, great crowd. Uh, Mother Nature interrupted it. Uh, interrupted the the cars out on the main front straightaway. We had to get those uh, back in the trailers, but. Uh, Boy, in the large, the longest bar in the state of Michigan, uh, the Gas Alley there, we had a great time. Everybody uh, had some great entertainment uh, by Tyler Roy and uh, spent some time with the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club uh, with their season kickoff meeting. I think everybody had a great time. I think so, too. It was really a lot of fun and uh, appreciate Jason uh, taking some time to chat with us. We got some really cool stuff coming up at Birch Run. Um, had a chance to talk to Matt from Silver Bullet. We got some cool stuff coming up with those guys as well. 
um, convinced some people to buy some merchandise, which is always cool, by the way. Be on the lookout for merchandise at a racetrack near you very, very soon from Horsepower Happenings. So it really, it really was. It was a great day um, on Sunday, even with the weather. And by the way, if you haven't seen that bar at Bertrand Speedway, that thing is is awesome. It is just awesome. I'd never seen it before Sunday, and I I want to go there just to go there. Can we go on like a thirsty Thursday and, and pop a top there? That thing is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, you know, we'd still been there if it was a Saturday night. Uh, you're right. <laughs> you are right. Yeah, for sure. Hey, let's talk about some things going on around the area. How about Crystal Motor Speedway, Rich? Um, beautiful weekend. Beautiful weekend weather-wise, right? Sunshine, temperatures near 80 degrees on Friday. Do it again on Saturday. The difference is that Mother Nature got a little unstable on Saturday, and some racetracks had to deal with rain delays and pop-up showers, but they weren't really that big of a deal. Unless you were in central Michigan, Crystal Motor Speedway, the anticipation, the hype was off the chains. And Rich, they were one of the few tracks that had a race scheduled for Saturday that eventually got rained out. Yeah, I think it was just all timing. And, you know, the LeBarons, they really wanted, I mean, they, I heard that they had people lined up to get into Crystal down the street into town. Uh, Everybody was ready to support opening night at Crystal Motor Speedway. And man, Mother Nature just ruined it. And they, you know, they, I, I was communicating with someone there just trying to get updates from the pit area throughout the night. And they did not get that race in through lack of effort. Let me tell you yeah. that. They, they tried as long as they possibly could uh, to get anything in. <clears throat> and when you get as much rain as they got in a short period of time, um, it just wasn't going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Tough break for them. Uh, they were, I understand, as you said, the line to get into the racetrack was all the way into town. Elbow to elbow people. And the people stuck it out, too. They wanted to see racing on Saturday night just as much as anybody. And here's usually a good indication of how many people are at the racetrack, Rich. The winning 50-50 ticket number took home over $1,000 Saturday night. So if that's any indication as to how good the crowd was, uh, they raised over $2,000 in 50-50 money. And they probably sold that a whole lot during track drying. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. Say. You're probably right. All right, let's talk about uh, other things going on. How about the NRA Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, National Racing Alliance Sprint Cars, and the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints kicked off their 2023 season on Saturday from Waynesfield Raceway Park. It was, of course, the uh, first race of the season for Waynesfield Raceway Park, the first race of the season for National Racing Alliance under Barry Marlowe's direction. And it was none other than San Jose, California's Randy Hannigan, who picked up the win with the NRA Sprints going from sixth to take the top spot. That was after a very dramatic race that saw several incidents on track, including a, a mishap. For pole sitter, Ryan Rule got into turn number three. The car kicked sideways. He got hit from the side by Ryan Conium. Conium flipped uh, wildly in turns three and four. That also collected Jared Horseman. It brought an end to all three of those drivers' nights in a quick hurry. Tough break for Kobe Allison as well uh, in this race. Devin Doby struggled. Uh, how about Bobby Elliott, though, makes the show, and uh, he moved up some spots, but it was Randy Hannigan who gets the win, Nate Dussel in second, Third spot went to Brad Lamberson, Phil Gressman fourth, and Ryan Turner rounded out the top five. Four, the Great Lakes traditional sprints. Dallas Hewitt started on the pin and never looked back. He led all the way and won the race over Corbin Hazlett, who finished in second. Ricky Lewis brought home third. Keith Sheffer Jr. slid back one spot to fourth, and Isaac Chappell rounded out the top five. So an exciting and uh, good season opener for the Great Lakes uh, traditional sprints and National Racing Alliance sprints. The... Uh, 
Sprint Car Organization, the Great Lakes family of Sprint Cars, if you will. We'll get ready to do it again on Friday. We'll talk more about that coming up when Barry Marlowe joins us on the phones as one of our featured interviews. Rich, uh, I love this. we got a lot to talk about. More racing action from around our area. we just got to go south a little bit to Attica Raceway Park where the horsepower happenings good luck charm was hanging off of the visor of that number 91 machine, wasn't it? You know, ever since he's been on the show, he's been running up front, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Man, Rusty Slank picked up the win there. Win number, I think it was win number 36 at Attica Raceway Park for Rusty Slank. Um, And he had some work to do to to, to win that race. So, um, man, that's pretty good. I I didn't get to see the All-Star Circuit of Champions race on Friday, but I did see it on Saturday. Um, Who? Did you catch did you catch the All-Star Circuit of Champions race on Friday night? Yeah, Craig Mintz, who started in the uh, seventh spot, drove his way up through the next six positions to find himself at the point of the field. Beat Zeb Wise, who started second and held on to second. Hunter Schoenberg started on the pin, slid back to third. Brent Marks, who we're going to talk about, finished in the fourth spot in uh, the law firm Parker Price Miller back to fifth. Uh, Craig Mintz, really one of the few guys who were moving through the field on the Friday night portion of the show, Cap Henry came home in seventh, one of our drivers that we've had on watch for the Home Pro Hammer of the Month. And uh, that's really kind of your notables. Uh, Tyler Gunn finished in second spot. Stuart Brubaker in the 15th position. Darren, Ni- Darren Nida from 12th back to 19th. Connor Morrell from 25th up to 21st. A couple of names that you'll recognize. And then as you mentioned for the uh, uh, late model side of things, Rusty Schlank from second to the win. Eric Spangler, how about the Lake City, Michigan driver? Comes from eighth to finish seventh, uh, second. Doug Drown from sixth to finish third. Nathan Loney fourth. And Ryan Missler, who started on the pin, slid back and finished in the fifth spot. So uh, that's kind of the Friday night recap. Saturday night, Rich, no one knows what happened throughout the rest of the race. All anybody knows is that Brent Marks was a man on a mission. Yeah. Okay. Brent Marks had a bad night up till that up till the feature okay um just just had some mistakes started 20th and as zach kaiser would say darn near trunk right not too many cars started behind not not too many cars started behind brent marks then they threw the green flag all the way to the pin and wins from 20th zach i watched that race and it got dusty it was unbelievable you couldn't even you know, he, he made the comment, you know, he tried getting up top, but every time he went up there, he just couldn't see. So he just motored his way almost the whole, the whole way on the bottom. And he, he just took his time. Wow. Everybody else was going up top, sliding around, jumping the cushion. And he just ran the bottom 20th to first for Brent Marks. Unbelievable. You don't see that every week for the all-star circuit of champions. That's right. Yeah, really cool for sure. All right, Berlin Raceway got things started on Saturday with the icebreaker at Berlin. And, Rich, this was an event that I, I think they got really lucky with weather to go ahead and get Saturday in. Yeah, you know, we, we, we were trying to keep an eye on it, and I was I was watching some of the – getting some of the, uh, the updates from uh, our friend and partner, Chuck Darling, who was out there. And, you know, you, you had Crump leading, and then – all these passes in the top five and then all of a sudden there's the kid the the familiar again. face again the familiar face <laughs> that nobody wants to see anymore the 22 machine of evan shotko and uh chuck texted me he goes shotko to the lead and i texted him back 
bye bye. That's right. Which is exactly what happened. Yeah, and then of when course Shaco gets out to the front at Berlin. The future Hall of Famer Brian Campbell in second spot. How about Andrew Scheid in a new ride this year? Brings it home in third. Joe Bush, the uh, the the consummate veteran there, fourth spot. How about our man Chase Berta? We haven't talked about Chase in a while. Uh, nice top five finish for him. Tyler Roerig sixth. Boris Yorkovic, uh, Boris Yorkovic in seventh. Eighth went to Michael Simcoe, who made the trip. Ninth, Wes Griffith and Dylan Stovall in the tenth spot. They had a loaded field of super late models at Berlin on Saturday. I, there were a lot of people in the state of Michigan or around our region that wanted to go racing. Yeah. And I think that was the product of that. Also, I want to talk about their other division, the limited late models, because uh, they are growing rapidly, Rich. 18 cars unloaded at Berlin Raceway. Remember a couple of years ago when they were lucky to get half that many cars in this division, a new division that they built from the ground up? Uh, dual features for these guys included Tim DeVos coming this close to making history, Rich. He came up one spot short, trying to break that Seneca record of 104 feature wins at Berlin Raceway, and he was close to doing it. Finished second behind Scott Root, and then those two came together in feature number two, so there's some drama brewing in the uh, DeVos camp. Denny, Denny Anderson third in uh, race number one. Tyler uh, Reisinger came home fourth, and then Tim Green fifth in race number one. Reisinger got the job done in he or feature number two. Anderson second, Davis third, Sean Gibson fourth, and Josh Fry rounded out the top five in the time-shortened feature number two. Rich, now it's time to bring on the driver who got the job done in the limited late model division, race number two, and he had he was probably one of the most consistent drivers of the afternoon at Berlin Raceway for the icebreaker on Saturday. Makes his home in Holland, Michigan. Tyler Reisinger, welcome in to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on tonight. Man, uh, the first thing I want to do is talk to you before we get into Saturday in Berlin and the updates and everything. I want to talk about this division, the limited late models. We had Josh Fry on a couple of years ago when this whole project kind of began over at Berlin, and they had about you know six to ten cars that showed up on a, on a regular basis. Saturday looked like a really good car count. It looks like this division is growing. They talked about it in the broadcast, how it went from being just a project division to one of the premier divisions now at Berlin Raceway. Um, so I want to talk to you about what these cars are and kind of from your perspective, why limited late models make sense for you at Berlin. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think the, the the limited late models, they've definitely, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, Berlin, the, the, the track, um, announcers there, they've kind of elaborated on the, on the class growing and car counts coming up in that class in particular. Um, it's been a great class. It's grown a lot. There's a lot of good drivers. There's a lot of history in that class. Um, the competition is really, uh, it's, it's tight. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of cars that could win in any, any given night. So, um, so it's a fun class to be a part of. Uh, I'm competitive myself. Uh, you mentioned names like Josh Fry. Um, you know, he's a great racer. I consider him a friend of mine. Um, good, clean racer. Uh, Tim DeVos, he's been around that track a million times. He's hard to beat. Uh, you can always count on him having a fast car when he shows up. So, Let's talk about this division. Um, for those who don't know, the limited late models – is really kind of a cross between two divisions of late models that we see in the state of Michigan all the time. Um, that being, of course, it's a, it's like a, a, a baby between an outlaw super late model and a template late model. Um, tell me about these chassis and tell me about these body specs. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like you said, they're, they're very similar. Um, the tail ends of them uh, replicate 
uh, an outlaw late model from like what we've seen uh, maybe uh, five or 10 years ago before super late models really came to be uh, popular. Um, you know, my, my chassis is a straight rail chassis. So really it's, it's basically a template template car with a, with an outlaw body or half a, half an outlaw body on it. Um, so yeah, they got, they got lots of, uh, lots of drive in them. Um, arrow is, is, uh, actually they're, they're pretty arrow dependent. Um, you get arrow tight behind guys. So, uh, they, they can be, they can be tough to drive, but they're definitely fun. Tyler, when I was first watching this class and and I saw the low car counts, it was almost a Tim DeVos, like you brought a, a Tim DeVos benefit. He rolls in the pit area, just put his name on the trophy and save us all a lot of time. Not so much anymore. A uh, lot of good competition now uh, that is now pushing him and can now beat him on a regular basis. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's, he's tough to beat. Um, like I said, I mean, he's uh, we had the Berlin banquet this winter and um, you, you know, you get, you got like Tim up on stage with Mark Martin and Johnny Benson Jr. and Johnny Benson Sr. and uh, guys of that caliber. Um, really, you know, it really says something when you can when you can beat a guy like Tim. Uh, you know, any given night, I mean, he's uh, he knows all the tricks of the trade, and he's 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 very smart. Um, he's smart behind the wheel. Uh, I think he's 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 pretty pretty sharp in the shop. He builds uh, definitely unique pieces. Uh, he's been kind of known for that over the, over the last how many years now, uh, his stuff always looks different. So, um, you know, there, there could be 20 cars that show up and they all look alike. And there's Tim, uh, you know, with, with a car that, that definitely is, uh, uh, doesn't match the others. So, uh, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, to me, it's, uh, it's a challenge, uh, you know, and, and any, any driver is, is, is going to say, you know, on a night that you can beat Tim DeVos, it's, uh, um, there's something to be said. So I it's want, been I, fun. It's been I a wanted, good ride. I wanted to ask you, uh, because obviously I think for those who don't know, Tim is knocking on the door of a, of a pretty cool record at Berlin. How do you, uh, you know, I think everybody wants to see him kind of at least, you know, get that record. I think everybody wants to see him do that just because he's a modern day racer that everybody still gets to race against. Um, what about you? I mean, as a fan, you probably want to see him do that, but as a race car driver, you really would rather not have Tim DeVos get ahead of you, I'm, I'm assuming. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, as, as a racer and, and a competitor you know, driving against him, obviously uh, I'm after my own wins, and um, we're all there to win. Every, each and every driver wants to win. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a, a tally and a record going for myself. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I always go into the night. Um, you know, it's like, what, what can we do to, to make the car better? um to make it turn turn better to make it you know have better drive off to make it get in the corner better um so i I enjoy the challenge um and i really have to thank brian campbell for that and those guys with lakeshore motorsports um those guys really uh have kind of uh pushed me to the to the front and uh i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing today uh i can honestly say that uh without each and every one of those guys in the shop henry fellows uh, Brian Campbell, Henry Rosendahl. I've learned a lot uh, when it comes to um, set up from those guys. Uh, I get some support from them in the shop. My car is housed out of their shop. And Fred Campbell, he's another, uh, you know, he's another racer from from uh, many years ago that still kind of hangs around. And he uh, he he helps out uh, Brian obviously um, with his with their racing program too. So uh, it's good to have guys like that on on your side and and to learn from and to be able to lean on. Uh, when you're when you're looking for for something more out of the car, so got a question. Let, let's talk more about Berlin because they run a format 
Um, and we've had Jeff Striegel on the show before, but they run a format unlike anybody else in the state of Michigan. You guys come out of the gate and you just run double features every night. Explain to fans that aren't used to that um, how that works from when you guys get in, qualify, and work your way through the night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, to, to walk you through the what, what a day looks like at Berlin and the limited late model class, uh, really, you know, you, you, you roll through tech. Um, you got to be on the opening night, Saturday night. We got four new tires, um, and you're also on a tire rotation uh, from here on out. So uh, coming into next weekend, uh, we can't buy four tires. Um, they really uh, – I think that's that's part of the reason why the class is continually – uh, growing, um, people are are kind of coming on board and and realizing that it's maybe a little bit more affordable to race in the class. But um, this weekend we're only allowed to buy one tire, so uh, you're on a one one two tire rotation now throughout the year. Um, so yeah, we we roll through tech. Um, they send you out. We get two ten minute practice sessions. Uh, every time you hit the track and practice, you're you're essentially qualifying. So you're you're pushing these cars to the edge at all times. You're you're constantly up on the wheel hustling. So um, you know, you want every, everything you can get out of those cars during practice. Um, they're pretty short-lived. Obviously, like I said, they're 10 minutes. Um, so we don't get the practice time, really, that, that some of these other tracks are, are giving some of these classes. So, um, yeah, from there, we, uh, there's an inversion. Um, the inversion can be anywhere between 8 and 12. Um, so if you qualify in the pole, uh, you draw, you know, uh, an 8. You're starting 8th in the first feature. Um, from there, uh, wherever you finish in the first feature, the winner of the first feature draws another pill. Um, same thing between eight and 12. And then the winner would, uh, basically get inverted to the, to the rear of the field. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it looks like. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's tough to, to win both, both features. I think we've done it once. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, uh, it's, it's a constant challenge, challenge, man. You're, uh, you know, between the inversion and the competition in the class, it's, it's definitely good stuff. I'm going to ask a question that I, I don't know that anybody ever answers 100% truthfully. Um, and when we were racing, it, was, it would sometimes be a part of our show as well. But when there's redraws and there's pill draws and there's inversions and there's things of that nature and, and you've got double features every week, does sandbagging become a part of the game? I mean, I'm just going to ask you right, you know, straightforward. Do you look at where you're running and go, okay, I probably could run harder and gain a couple extra spots, but depending on how the invert works for feature number two, I might be set up better to just ride right here. Is that part of the game in the limited late model division? Are people playing the sandbag game? I think it, I think with a couple of drivers in, in years past, um, maybe it has been, but not very consistently. I mean, I'll be honest with you, every time I get on the track, uh, I'm, I'm pushing the car for everything I have. Um, but it's also, you know, it's a different game for everybody. I mean, some guys are running full tape, some guys aren't. So you have a little bit of an advantage, uh, I think with, you know, with the, some of the guys, uh, you know, cooling everything down and going back out and, and full tape. So, uh, I'm really, I've never really been much of a qualifier. Uh, I see guys online trolling saying that I'm a sand sandbagger, uh, this and that and another, but, um, you know, I think it's it's pretty tough to be honest with you. I mean, Berlin is a tough track, so um, to say people are out there sandbagging, uh, I I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a firm believer that there's a whole lot of that going on. You mentioned that these cars, and so I'm going to play devil's advocate just for a minute. You mentioned that these cars are very aero dependent. In feature race number one, you finished fourth. Your best time was a seventeen five one two, which came. 
on lap 15 of uh, these are 25 lap features. Is that right? Yes, 25 yep. laps. So uh, your best time in feature number one, a 17.512. Your best time in feature number two was almost six-tenths of a second faster at a 16.987, and that came on lap 18. Now, you had to work really hard to get this feature win in, in lap number two. Where do you where do you come up with the six-tenths uh, of time from feature one to feature two? Yeah, great question uh, and a good good ob- good observation. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. Uh, my car was terrible and has been terrible for the last week and a half. I've been testing the heck out of it. Um, I went. I basically threw everything but the kitchen sink at it between uh, features this past weekend, and uh, we found something with the car and brought the car alive. And um, I'm glad we found it and that it didn't linger on for too terribly long. And I hope that's not the case for the rest of the year, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we picked up quite a bit of time. Um, I got caught behind some slow traffic there in the first feature. Like I said, my car was terrible. Um, you know, we, we started behind, uh, some, some better cars, you know, I'd say in, in the second feature and allowed me to get up through the traffic and make some moves and get in clean air. And, um, yeah. And, and know, I want to uh, say too, I want to, I want to help so because I think people who are listening to this, you know, haters are going to hate. Uh, they'll say, oh, you know, great, great answer, you know, way to, way to be usher out, uh, way out of that one. M- my friend races in the sportsman division there, and he said almost the exact same thing. We were junk and out to lunch in feature number one. Uh, my friend finished ninth in uh, the sportsman feature number one, junk out to lunch, and then came yep. back and finished fourth in feature number two, and he said my car was 100% better after we threw the kitchen sink at it and, and learned what we needed to learn in feature number one. And I think that's one of the things about this Berlin Raceway format is, you know, at a lot of other racetracks, and Rich, you know this, if you miss the setup for the feature, tough luck. Uh, you, you got one shot at it. At Berlin, yeah, you know, and, and I was going to say this, Tyler. Anybody who, you know, they talk, I, I'm on the driver's side of this sandbag issue because anybody who's good enough, who thinks they're good enough to judge a tenth and a half, or two tenths of a second yeah. while you're driving a race Sunday. car. While you're driving a race car, you should not be racing at Berlin Raceway. That's right. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. You're going to be racing on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I, yeah. I've. I've. Tried, I'm not going to lie. I've tried it before, and I lose a half a second. And now I'm starting sure. out of the in, out in the invert and learn never to do it ever ever try it again. You know. Yeah. Because you yep. also don't when you're don't know when you're qualifying, which nobody realizes what that invert is going to be. Right. You could, you, yeah, exactly. You could, you could lift off of the gas, come into the checker, and take yourself right out of the invert, which doesn't help you at all. And, and so my point yeah, to yep. that is, is as well, is you get a second opportunity with dual features. You know, you ha- you get a chance to suck in feature number one, which a fourth place finish doesn't suck, but you know, uh, and then you get a chance to be a lot better for feature number two if if you play the setup right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it gives you an opportunity to make some changes, and like I said, I mean, we. Uh, we, I took a swing at it and I was pretty upset after the first feature. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things that it, it allows you to reset, um, you know, and, and make some adjustments and make your car better and see, see once what we had in, in the second feature. So it is kind of nice. I know some drivers, they, they don't like, uh, twin 25s or, or twin features. They don't like the format. Um, some guys are for it. Some guys are against it. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's some guys I would actually, I, I would like to see, uh, some more 50 lap races. Um, I'm, I, I like the, the more long runs and um, letting the car come to you and let everything kind of hash itself out. And um, I like, I like being conservative with tires, you know, it's a tire, uh, 
Berlin is pretty hard on tires, so um, it makes it tough. You know, in twin 25 laps, you have no time to, to you know, um, conserve. It's, it's balls to the walls 100% of the time. And Tyler, I'm also on the driver's side of this other thing. You know, we talk about <clears throat> just to just to address the six tenth of a second thing. You could be running in traffic in the first race, and you're and you might have a guy in front of you that you just don't have enough to pass. So, what are you going to do? You're, but once you get out front in that second race or near the front, the pace can pick up a lot quicker, and it's not hard to gain a half a second. For sure. As I mentioned earlier, these cars are aero dependent. You know, when you're out in clean air, you can lay some pretty good lap times down. Um, but we get stuck behind traffic. It's it's terrible. It slows the cars down a lot. Um, you know, you get you get pushy going into the corner, and um, you know it's just not the same. So traffic can be tricky. Uh, lap cars can be tough. Uh, you know, as we talked earlier, the the class is continually growing. Um, I've heard a lot of the cars. You know, a lot of people building cars over the winter. Um, I don't think they're all out quite yet, but I would I would dare say you know come mid season or end of the season we could have anywhere from. 25 to 30 cars in the class. So uh, kind of excited to see that. Uh, it's been fun seeing the class grow and, and more and more drivers come on board. You had an opportunity, and um, I'm going to have to bring it up. It's our job uh, as journalists to bring it up. Uh, let's go yep. back to lap 16. You're battling for the lead. It's been a caution-filled race. Ta- talk to me about what you saw in the car and then what you were able to learn by going back and rewatching the broadcast about the contact between you and then leader uh, Lee Van Dyke. Yeah, for sure. Um, really going back, uh, I actually watched the watched the race yesterday. Um, kind of let everyone cool down, and I kind of wanted to to go back and watch it um, from a different perspective. But honestly, after watching it and and what I uh, from my perspective in the seat, um, really, I mean, I, I obviously Lee's Lee's. Uh, got a pretty good car um you know he's pretty fast we had we were able to run him down um i got to him i rolled him on the high side uh, obviously we had a couple of restarts there uh he ran me up the hill uh the first restart there we had was able to reset after another caution um he got the advantage i chased him back down i was getting ready to roll the, the high side on him going into turn one he washed up the hill and i saw an opportunity to um to cross him over so uh, i got the car rotated and um, drove down underneath them and we come out of turn two and he kind of runs a goofy line. And, uh, I felt like, you know, he came down a little bit. I think it was a mixture of him coming down and, and me, you know, coming up a little bit, maybe, maybe expecting him to, to give me a little bit more room on the low side, uh, knowing I was there and we collided. So honestly, I think it was a, it was a good hard racing deal. Um, by no means was there anything intentional. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I, w- I wish that, that he was able to, to watch it, you know, soon after. And I hope he does afterwards and um, can kind of understand where I was coming from. But uh, like I said, I think it was a good hard racing deal. Um, There's nothing in- intentional whatsoever. So a lot of, a lot of season opening drama on that night as well. We mentioned Tim DeVos. He got tangled up in a big incident on the front stretch and words were exchanged pit side with the fellow competitor. And uh, then your incident for the lead leads, I think, fans on the outside looking in might need some clarification that even though this is a late model division, um, you guys are racing very old school. Is that right? You're relying on um, kind of some intuition, some listening, maybe some mirrors. I don't know the rule book all that well, but my point being you do, you, you don't have spotters up in the stand. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. We don't have spotters. So everything's by feel and, and here, um, you know, I mean, it's a, 
it can be it can be challenging sometimes it's like man i wish i had a spot or someone to tell me hey someone's rolling the outside because um you know from uh from an outsider looking in it's easier for the i think it's easy for the fans to say well you know he dumped him intentionally and it's like well he didn't you know he, he like lee's lee's perspective he he says well i wasn't i wasn't up far enough on his door and um you know i think it's uh it's a give and take, you know, it's, you know, the right time to put your nose in, you know, the right time to to not, you know, to back off and, and let him go and get a different run at him. But honestly, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in the fact that I felt like uh, I, I made the right move. Um, and you guys were, and you I guys felt, were getting ready to be up against a time clock too. Did you know that at that point in the race? Um, I believe, I believe it maybe I mentioned it. Uh, Cause I think after, that. after that incident, after the incident between you and Lee, um, I believe is when they said the next flag would end the race, and then you had somebody yep. go off the back stretch, and the race was cut four laps short. So, um, yep. Yep. just more things to take into consideration about the decision to try to make that move at that moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I said, I mean, you're you're running hard every lap, and um, you know, you, like I said, I was I was I was trying to roll him on out on the outside going into one, and uh, he 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 shuffled away up the hill, and so. I felt like the opportunity was there. You know, he was, he was three lanes high and there's plenty of real estate down low. So I figured I would, uh, get the car pointed and, and I got to him. Um, and I was, I was at his door and, uh, you know, I think it was just a, a combination of, uh, you know, every, both, both of us going for the same real estate and it just, it just didn't work out. So I'm a firm believer that it was a racing deal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, looking forward to, to maybe hearing maybe like what, what he thought, after watching the film, um, I went down and, and talked to Tim Sweeney, the owner, along with Lee after the race and just kind of let him know. I mean, it, it's my apologies. I, I didn't mean to get into you, but I think we were going after, after the same, the same, same real estate there. And, uh, we both collided. So. And, t- and Tim, I, Tyler, I, it's, it's kind of, you know, on the driver's side, which fans don't usually see, right. It's been a long winter. Everybody, you know, they get out there, everybody's ready to go. Everybody wants to get that first win out of the way um, early in the season. Every, you know, you, you, you really want to do the best you can. You've been in the garage all winter and, and nobody wants to drag, you know, you, you and Lee don't want to have a, have a problem all season long, starting with the first night, just like Tim doesn't want to have a problem with somebody else, you know, all season long. So that makes me, that makes me more think that it's, it's just a matter of situation opening night. And it's not going to be like this every night. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think you're right. Um, I think from Lee's perspective, he just, he was a little upset just because he's, uh, he's led a couple of different races now. Um, and they've been tangled up with, with a few different, uh, people in the class. And, um, yeah. So I think from his perspective, it's just been a, a couple of opportunities to capitalize and he just wasn't able to, um, and Saturday, I think was just he was victim of, of that. And, and like I said, it's, uh, it was a racing deal. And, uh, I'm, a, I, I feel like I've, I've been a, a pretty clean racer, um, <clears throat> my entire life. You know, I've never been one to, to get angry and take somebody out or, uh, take, take my anger out on somebody else on the track. So I'm not there to take anybody out. I'm not there to wreck anything. We all work, uh, too hard on our stuff, uh, year round, really. I mean, everyone rebuilds their cars and spends a lot of time, uh, doing it. So, I, uh, I look at things the same way. It's not worth spending all the time on the car to, to work on it during the week. I'm a business owner and I got a family. I, I spend enough time, um, you know, with my, my, my business and, uh, trying to be home as much as I possibly can. So, 
the less time I have to try and rebuild a race car, the better off I am, along with many others in the class. So, Well, Tyler, uh, again, talking with uh, Tyler Reisinger, feature winner in the limited late models on Saturday at the Icebreaker at Berlin Raceway, also finished fourth in feature number one. Let's hear what the plans are, because last year, you know, the plan was, well, you're not going to be around, you're not racing for championships and this, that, and the other thing. And then you screw around and still pull off, I believe, a second-place finish in the point standings after winning a couple of races. So what are you looking at here for 2023? What's the what's the mission? What are the goals? And, uh, you know, do you have anything laid out that you want to make, make sure you get done this year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we want to win um, you know, as much as we can. Um, you know, as far as the plans, you know, we're planning on the season. Uh, I was able to pick up uh, a few few sponsors over the winter um, that have really helped out this year. So, uh, you know, I think my plan is see once what happens here and uh, see once how the point system goes and, and where we stack up against these guys as the year goes on and, uh, you know, kind of make an evaluation. But, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm a very competitive person. I want to I wanna be up front. I want to, you know, contend each and every week so whatever that looks like whatever it takes uh, i'm willing to put in that work so let's uh but it, now is this the limited late model is this the only thing that you'll be behind the wheel of this year is this your main focus yeah yep yes it's the only car i have so um i i also help out brian campbell so um you know for some of the bigger shows the money in the bank and the battle of berlin this year uh i'll be helping those guys out in, in the pit so um, I do enjoy doing that a lot. I do enjoy wrenching on these cars. Um, so I enjoy helping Brian and those guys out. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, I learn a lot from them. Um, so it's fun just to be around them. They have a lot of experience and a lot of stories to tell. And, uh, you know, they're, they're able to teach me quite a bit over the last 10 or 12 years of me being around those guys. So, um, yeah, we'll see what, see what the season brings. Well, Tyler, we've come to the end of our segment with you this afternoon or this evening, I should say. And um, I want to first of all say thank you for for making time to join us. And secondly, you mentioned sponsors. You know, uh, want to give you an opportunity to shout out some people who made it possible for you to get to Victory Lane on Saturday. For sure, yeah. I got to thank Fitzwill Freight uh, for coming on board this year. Um, they've helped me out quite a bit. Uh, I also got to thank uh, the Mark Deering Remax team. Um, I got to thank Nap Auto Parts of Howland. Uh, uh, Lakeshore Concrete Solutions. Uh, I got to thank CJ's Coating and Sealants. Um, a lot of other people that that are able to make this happen. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the quite the ride, quite the journey. We'll see what see what happens this year. Tyler, man, I appreciate you making time to join us tonight. Congratulations on a on a great opening weekend, a great opening Saturday at the Icebreaker at Berlin Raceway. Um, hopefully, you have uh, continue to have a, a successful season, and maybe we'll talk to you at the end of the year as a Berlin Raceway track champion. I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks to you guys, and uh, I appreciate you both having me on tonight. Want to say thanks to Tyler for making time to join us. A uh, we didn't we didn't actually mention this when I introduced him, but a first time guest on Horsepower Happening. So appreciate him making time to join us. And uh, you're you're probably going to see, you know, Rich. We'll admit our shortcomings. Uh, we don't do a great job at covering what's going on at Berlin throughout the season, just because uh, they have so much that goes on. Sometimes you get kind of lost in all of it. But uh, we're going to make a conscious effort to do better at that this year. And so it was. I was really glad to get Tyler on and. Kind of hear what's going on in limited late models. He had a really fun and, and good opening night. Yeah, you know, it, it's that that division, like you said, I, I think the first time that, that I saw it, Zach, I think it was four or five cars. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. So I think it was the first night or two. And, um, you know, it, 
it, it was like it was like when they were trying to get the pro late models going out at Winston, right? Um, you know, there were three cars when they started, but you have to start somewhere. And now by staying with that class, they now have a very competitive cat class. They're spreading the wins around now. It's not the Tim DeVos show every single week. Uh, these guys are very good. They have very nice race cars, and they're figuring out, you know, Tim DeVos has got many laps around that racetrack, and I think they're catching up to him a little bit. And um, I think it's going to be a very – that class is going to be very exciting to watch throughout the entire 2023. I want to take an opportunity to say thanks and recognize Be Cool Radiators, the studio sponsor for this part of Horsepower Happenings, uh, this part of the season of Horsepower Happenings. Of course, that's brought to us by CNT Services and Chris Mapes, who, uh, by the way, I understand, Rich, if we can just get that guy to have a couple of brewskis, we could maybe even get more from CNT Services. He let me in on the secret. Uh, apparently, Rusty Schlenk has figured that out over the years as well. But That's all it takes? That's all it takes. That's all it oh, takes. Oh, this then. Uh, be Cool <laughs> Radiators, though. They're the leader in power cooling systems. They've got, I mean, from radiator caps, Rich, to radiators themselves, cooling lines. I was playing around on their website the other day. They have so much stuff for OE, factory fit, LS swaps, drag racing, circle track. The other part, custom fit. You send them the dimensions and what you need and how many passes they will build it for you. Michigan owned and operated BeCool.com or 1-800-691-2667. Rich, it is the third Monday of the month, and that normally would mean that we'd be making a phone call tonight. But, of course, um, for those who maybe don't know, uh, our friend Gary Lindahl is uh, still in recovery mode this this evening. Yeah, Gary, you know, we, we talked to everybody yesterday at the, at the Bertrand Speedway. Gary, uh Gary had uh, open heart surgery at the beginning of the month, so he and ended up staying uh, in the hospital another week uh, longer than he had planned. Trying to just get some things ironed out with him to make get him get him back to square one where he was, you know, before all this. So uh, Gary says, "Guys, I don't think I'm going to be able to be feeling like doing a whole lot of research for the questions. You guys want to handle this for me for the month of April?" So we said, "Well, heck yeah, we can do this." So the only fair way was. Zach would pick two questions, and I would pick two questions. And I got to tell you, I don't know what your experience was like, and I see that you de- – I almost did this. I see you defaulted to making one of the questions about you, which was, I think, kind of an easy way out, but it is a cool question. Uh, I thought about doing that, but finding some worthy questions is kind of difficult, you know, trying to make sure that they're hard enough but interesting enough that somebody might know the answer. Um Gary, you got to get back here, man. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but uh, without well, further ado, how about we do this? I'll do the first and third question. You can do second and the fourth. How about that? Oh, well, I was going to say, why don't we uh, e- ask each other our questions and see if we would have known the answer without looking okay. at it? All right. All right. We'll try it. We could try it that way, too. So I had the first two questions, and this one I thought was really unique because I don't know how many people remember this happening, but Butler Motor Speedway experimented with running a non traditional night for the 3 8 mile speedway. What year was that, and what night did they switch to? I'm not giving the answer. Right. But I I know what answer I would have guessed, but I wouldn't have had come close on the year. Yes. I would have. I would have. Just because I had never been to Butler except for a few years ago for the first time. So that, it would have been, the year would have been a pure guess out of nowhere. But I know what I would have guessed, and I would prop, and the night I would have guessed, because I know when they run now, yeah, I probably would have been right. You'd have got at least half of it right. Now, and yeah. and also too, this I love the story behind this that we'll talk about next week because it was really a unique situation that kind of led to all this. 
Question number two, Rich, you should know this one. This driver recently broke a drought of Michigan-born drivers winning in the Summer Nationals Hell Tour. I knew that one. I think you I were. was there. Were you there? I thought you were. Yeah. I was there. I thought you were. Yes. <laughs> Easy one. All right. Here we go. On to your two. Okay. Zach, this Michigan hot shoe was the only has the only driver to win the Glass City 200 three consecutive times. I wouldn't have known it, but I'd have been able to find the answer. Yep. I think it's not too difficult to find if you do a little bit of research because he's the only one that does it. And it hasn't been all that long ago when he did it. All right. A couple of good hints. All right. The fourth question, we're getting a little conceit. I don't think Rich could come up with a fourth question, so he took the easy way out. No, I just wanted to pick one that we wouldn't have to give anything away with so nobody could guess it. (laughs) 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 You know, if you do – I thought about this before I wrote this question, and I said, you know, if you do a little bit of research, just a little bit, you can find the answer to this question. Is that right? Yes, there is a way. All right. I'm not going to tell you how. I'll I'll tell you next week when we give the answers how I would have done it. Brad Bergevin is going to get this week's show right. I think he's going to. There is a little bit of research that can be done. Uh, So so the question is, um, myself, HPH co-host Rich France, began his racing career at this Ohio pavement bullring that no longer exists. Wouldn't have got it. Never heard of the place, actually. There aren't that many. There aren't that many pavement tracks in Ohio that have gone under. Okay. So you you got to do a little bit of research. I know there's a couple that or there I know there's one that everybody's aware of that is closed. Um do a little bit of research. This is findable. This is not like, oh my god, why would he ask that question? <laughs> um, you you can start from the back end and and figure it out as well without without even me because and then you can go to Facebook, maybe, and you're gift wrapping it for him, Rich. You're, yeah. gift, you're gift wrapping it. There's ways. There's. I'm just saying. There's ways. This is not a. Oh, we'll never get this one. By the way, I will tell you because my first question is a little tricky. I had to do some research today to um, to verify the answer, and if you end up in the right channels, you can verify at least half of the answer. Uh, I did find that out today. So, but you're gonna have to dig. You're gonna have to dig. So. There you go. Yeah, I would have, I, like I said, I would have only got half of it. Um, I would have never had the other half. It would have been like, doesn't even matter. It doesn't I, matter. I just been that guessing. doesn't even matter. Pure yeah. Guess. Yeah. Pure, yeah. Right. Cool. Guess. Well, there you go, Gary Lindahl, uh, buddy. Get better. Uh, we are no good at this. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did send the questions to Gary, and, and and I'll tell you what he said. I like it. Good. So he good. gave us a. So we weren't like that for for Gary's level. We weren't terrible at it. But we're not keeping this job. This no, is that's Gary's right. deal. This is Gary's right? thing. That's for sure. So we're hoping to have Gary back in May. That's when. That's for for the next quiz. Well, Zach, this is one of I, I think one of our coolest interviews that we've been anticipating all season long. Just because there's been so much darkness about it, but now we get to turn the lights on. Uh, we got two gentlemen on the line tonight. Uh, I'm going to introduce them separately and give them each their own due. One, he is the promoter of the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and. Uh, He's found him. He's promoting I-96 Speedway in here also in 2023. Barry Marlow, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, Rich. Hi, and Zach. and and another gentleman. Uh, the gentleman, first year, he is the general manager. I think everybody's glad to hear that at the I-96 Speedway. Eric Myers, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Yeah, thank you, Rich. I'm glad to be a part of this. Man, Barry, let's let's start with you, uh, and and then we'll, then we'll get to Eric. 
Um, man, like you didn't have enough on your plate with the Great Lakes Super Sprints and the whole family. Now you're going to promote nine races this year at I-96. You get, um, are you nervous yet? <laughs> um, as long as we don't dwell on the fact, because I don't like to think about it very long. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, at the other end of it, what I'm scared about is I got 85 races on the on the schedule. So, you know, and, and I-96 is a big part of our schedule. So I'm not really nervous about that. You know, it just adds more things than to be nervous about. <laughs> right. And and Eric, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard, heard everybody's wondering what's going on. Who's who's owning the track? We know, you know, everybody heard that Barry was leasing it. But uh, now you're the general manager. Kind of tell everybody how your end of the deal fits together. All right. Well, our end of the deal is the Odessa Entertainment is, what the business is it owns the track, but everybody knows it's the farmer across the road. It's Larry Curtis. Um, well, Larry Curtis Jr. To be specific, um, the track came. People don't realize of how close this track came to being dissolved because we had two suitors. One was uh, a co-part um, auto parts place that wanted to turn it into a salvage yard holding area. The other was an asphalt plant. And with Larry being a all natural farmer, all organic, um, that kind of, those two kind of businesses would, you know, possibly contaminate the groundwater, uh, which would destroy his crops around here, you know, and he, he couldn't afford to have that happen. So he got with Jeff and, uh, they made a deal and purchased the track. So, and everybody thought that Larry was going to be, you know, they thought he hated racing. Um, you know, he's, he's my, I, I still drive a race car. I mean, I still race, you know, and do this plus a full-time job. And Larry's one of my sponsors and he loves racing. And, you know, when we were kind of joking around about it and, you know, he said, well, you know, yeah, I'm buying the track. And I said, you know, it was always been a lottery dream of mine to win the lottery, buy the track and manage it. And he looked at me and he says, how can you manage the track and drive a car at the same time? And I said, well, I guess uh, I make this my farewell tour because, you know, we, the papers got signed late. So we couldn't do a, you know, a full schedule. And thank God Barry stepped in to, you know, he took the reins for us this year so that we can you know, concentrate on making the facility better shape. So, you know, I got my dream, just not the lottery part of it. <laughs> now, Barry, I got we've we've been talking about this for a long time about um, okay, Barry's going to promote some races, and at first it was like okay, Barry's going to promote some races. Uh, Jeff Dice is is just not going to you know put on a full season. Then it became okay, Barry's going to promote some races. Maybe the track is going to be sold. Okay, Barry's going to promote some races. It sounds like the track's probably sold. Okay, the track's sold. Barry's still promoting races. So <laughs> how did, Barry, how do you come into this equation? Were you already planning on promoting the races that you needed to promote to fill the GLSS schedule, or did they come to you? Did you go to them? How did this kind of work out? Well, you know, nothing happens by chance, first of all. Nothing happens without somebody working on something. And, you know, Jeff, Jeff was dead set um, last fall to be done. And as Eric already said, there was a couple suitors involved. So when I talked to Jeff before I left for the hurricane season, 
um, he says, it's not going to be a track. It's going to get sold. And I said, well, just in case it doesn't sell, <laughs> I said, I would be interested in putting on eight or nine shows next summer yeah. if it hasn't sold yeah. yet. Well, it's going to sell. I said, well, that's <laughs> fine, Jeff. But when I come back and it, if it doesn't, I'm interested. Well, I never heard anything. I come back from the hurricanes. I'm at a PRI. I'm walking into Lucas Oil Stadium, and I, I get a phone call. I look at my phone call. It's Jeff Dice. He says, you got any dates picked out for next summer? <laughs> I, I, um, well, I've got dates picked out because I'm working on my schedule, and I, I they're, but they're all in pencil. Right. Not in crayon yet. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, well, get me those dates. I'm going to get with, with the guy looking at the track and, and see what we can do. And uh, so I got him the dates, and I got a call a few weeks later and says, yep, good with all those dates. Let's go. I said, let's go what? He said, you can rent the track. You, you rent the track for those shows. Do what you've been doing. Okay. And off we were going. Wow. And I, I told Eric that I personally am so thankful that he sent me a text the other morning and said, man, we're getting a lot of questions. I said, I know we're getting a lot of questions. And since Friday, when Eric started putting more things out there, which was his place, not my place, man, I, that's helped me so much because I got tired of answering all the calls that, no, I didn't buy it. I'm promoting yeah, it. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm promoting it. And so it's really been a nice one-two punch the last few days with Eric answering all that side and because they're really excited, and they, they've done a lot of good things already. Um, we just can't do everything at once. We, we you know, we can do anything we want. We just can't do everything. And by the way, included in the people getting off of Barry's back would be horsepower happenings. Um, so, yeah, Eric, thank, thank you for that. Now, let's let's talk about these shows that are coming together at I-96. And, and Eric, you know, um, obviously new to the management role but not new to the sport. Um, how much do you lean on Barry here as the promoter to kind of – you know, show you guys or or give you some insight as to what maybe 2024 looks like moving forward or what some of the other things you could do with I-96 Speedway could be. Because I think right now uh, the excitement becomes, okay, we've got these nine races for 23. Now we kind of feel like, okay, there's going to be a future for I-96 Speedway beyond this calendar year. Uh, well, you know, a lot of it, you know, I'm going to be – I'm going to be right with Barry on all of this. I'm going to be learning. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not new to racing. You know, I've, I, I can, I can tell you that my dedication to this track goes way beyond because I grew up here. I mean, I, I grew up literally 10 miles from this track. Um, I've been here since I was in diapers. Um, I've been a fan. I've worked here as a tech inspector. I've been, uh, scale guy i've been the flag man you know plus i've raced here you know and um that that's my dedication to this place um as far as the 24 season goes i want to get through 23 um you know you know <laughs> you know and and plus plus another thing is is i have another huge mentor that i lean on and that's ron flynn i mean i'm 
shirt tail relation to Ron. So I've already had two, you know, two, I guess you could say fireside chats with him. So, I mean, he's given me a ton of insight, you know, and I know a lot of things that are at um, Crystal Raceway doesn't work here, but I mean, I've been to enough tracks. I take a little bit what works here, what doesn't work here. So, you know, I, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Barry, I, well, let's talk about this week because it's a huge week for you. You got your, you guys got your season underway this weekend, but uh, man, this Friday, I-96 Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints, uh, and UMP Late Models. No secret that uh, the fans that come to I-96 love those two divisions, support those two divisions, and that's why you're going to open up with them. Absolutely. I, I get a lot of people, I think people have gotten to know me realize they know I love sprint cars, but you know, I'm in the fuel, I was in the fuel business and I started out with late models, you know, the Chris Patterson's, the Rusty Seavers, you know, and, and I worked with a lot of mod guys. So those are classes that I'm very familiar with. And, but I also recognize the fact that they're two very different crowds. And I think it's good to put the two together. We've always had good luck. People love late models and people love the sprint cars. So why not put the two together and better yet, put them together for the opener. So that was kind of a no brainer. That was, that one, that one filled in really easy. Um, and I'm excited about it because I, I had told Eric earlier that uh, if, if the track is safe enough by Friday morning, I mean, we don't expect it not to be, but if mother nature, unless she dumps something crazy on us, I have no reason. I we're racing Friday night. Yeah, I was just gonna. I, I was gonna say. By the way, right now while we're doing this, I just checked. Seventy-six percent chance of racing on Friday. So just that's that's. I just want you to know. And that. it's knowing. And it's <laughs> knowing there now. Yeah. Well, well but yeah, we're yeah. we're hey. we're ignoring whoa, whoa, that part. Whoa, whoa. No, no swearing. No swearing. That's that's a swear word. You know. Put put some money in the jar. <laughs> but you know, Barry, we are. Um, but everybody's watching that. Everybody, you know, I think everybody becomes a meteorologist on race week. But like I said, seventy-six percent chance of racing on Friday. When you look at it right now, and I of course do say it that way because it sounds more positive um it really has it does look a lot better than it did and and i think for us and as you just said all systems are go for friday yeah we and i don't want anybody i told we were putting the food order together and the drink order together i talked to walt about the track and the safety crew and everybody i talked to this morning i said before anybody asked we're racing friday until we're not Right. Because it, you know, I'm going to be watching it close and I'm not going to make anybody drive five hours, but, and I, I try really hard not to do that, but it's April. If it's 58 to 60 degrees in the afternoon and overcast, we're racing. If Walt tells me that track is okay to race on and there's no rain bands coming across Grand Rapids toward Lansing, we're racing. Because I want this race in. I'm excited about it. Well, and I think uh, that, that everybody's excited to get back to I-96 Speedway, especially with how uh, topsy-turvy the future of that racetrack was going to be. Um, I don't know who this question needs to go to, but I think it's one of the things that people want to know about because it's going to be different. Can we go over some of the details uh, of, of Friday night? Uh, what it's going to take to get in, 
Is there camping? What's the seat situation like? General admission. Um, what what are tickets and and what should we expect as far as uh, I guess I ninety six Speedway and the grounds? I don't know Barry or Eric who wants to take that. Well, I can start with the admission stuff, and because I think most of that's really about that. But first of all, we kept the prices the same. It's fifteen dollars for general admission. I always give seniors and veterans two dollars off in person you can't buy those you can't buy the discounted tickets online but you can go online and get tickets which i will come back with the with the uh web address but but general admissions fifteen dollars the gates are going to open at five o'clock pits are thirty five dollars and the gates are open at three and um and i think camping is probably okay there's no hookups right eric yeah nope no water no electric it's rustic but but they could come out and pick up or park over there on yep. the west side like like they always have i think yep yep cool um, and then, yeah. well we gotta we gotta make sure guys because we got a 30-foot horsepower happenings command center slash travel trailer that is going to be arriving that's on right the afternoon. yeah that question so we need to make that, room for that baby that question was purely <laughs> purely selfish question for the horsepower happenings organization about camping we just wanted to know sneaky little backdoor guys oh uh, well but i think but people are good about that and of course barry you've got a doubleheader weekend plan so i think a lot of people are going to want to follow uh, gless through the weekend but Eric, how about the facility? I know that you guys have been, Barry kind of alluded to it, you guys have been working really hard to get that place cleaned back up and, and put a little shine back on that place. Yeah, it's it's um, it's been a slow process. I mean, I've there's a lot of little things I've been fixing, you know, like um, I've replaced, uh, we've got corner lights that the lenses were all broke, so I've been going through and putting all new lenses in the, uh, corner lights so the drivers are safe you know they can see it put all new bulbs in them um i've, I've done an awful lot of yard cleanup um we've got uh so like those the stuff that people aren't really going to see like the maintenance on all the vehicles to make sure they run make sure they stop you know we don't need anybody getting run over um I've uh, I've already went through and made sure all the the PA system works. Uh, we're in the works of getting around new system. Um, we've already got uh, in the works of uh, getting new grandstand boards. Um, we're looking at uh, fixing the fence, the catch fence, repairing the fence, uh, repairing the front stretch wall. Uh, it's got some spots where the the concrete's coming loose, but I mean it's it's the original wall since 1972, so um, it's got some wear and tear. Um, we're uh, I got the drawings made up. Uh, we're gonna get in process. Uh, we're gonna replace the flag stand so the flag guy's a little bit more safer. Uh, we're gonna make it higher for him so that everybody can see under the flag stand instead of having to look around it. Um, we got a lot of little things. Uh, we got we got some major renovations we got to do to the bathrooms. Uh, we got some major renovations that we're going to do to all our sky boxes. Uh, we're going to put um, new air conditioners in them, uh, new flooring. All the floors getting bad. We're going to do all that. Um, we're going to put speaker systems in them. So we got. I mean, we got a lot of projects going, and I mean, it's it's baby steps. You know, that's 
that's why I'm thankful for Barry for doing this because that allows me to start working on building the facilities so that people will be proud to come here and, you know, you know, put on the best facility we can for the fans. And Barry, I guess, you know, putting on a limited schedule and I got to ask you about that because there are other tracks in the state of Michigan that aren't running, have decided this year that they're not running full schedules either. Um, Is that a downside or a positive? Uh, The downside to me just playing devil's advocate is they can find other racetracks to go to where they would normally come to your track or is it good because all of yours are basically special events and you figure you have a really good chance to draw great crowds each night yeah that's a really good question um and the answer is no i don't think it's a bad thing a bad thing would be another company building a plant there and not having a racetrack yes so that's, that's a bad thing. Having a limited schedule this year and keeping the track going and giving Larry and Eric and, and the, the team to chance to get things fixed up like we all need know needs to be done, um, it, it, it allows us to keep racing going. Um, the challenge for me, and people probably don't look at it this way, but I'm, I have four traveling series. So every dirt track in Ohio – and Michigan is my customer. So putting a schedule together, I surely never set out to offend pro stocks or street stocks or any classes, but the difficulty I have is it's hard to go up against Crystal or Thunderbird or Hartford or Butler when they're all good customers of mine. So I've tried to pick shows that, I get more of a traveling crowd. You know, we have four IMCA shows. We have uh, modifieds. We have two UMP late models. Um, the Midwest Compact Tour, which has really been doing a great job, they're there on our nights that we're running wings and non-wings to give us a third class. Um, so I tried really hard to kind of mix it up. We're obviously, you know, so, no, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a very positive thing. I tried to do the best I could on classes um, because at the end of the day, I need, I need to try to put the classes together that we'd have the best turnout without affecting mid-Michigan, Crystal, Butler, Mount Pleasant, Thunderbird, Winston, Hartford. <laughs> you know, so that's been my challenge. Barry, um, have you had a chance to talk to those to those people who are your customers? Uh, maybe the conversation was had before you committed to these nine events about how do I how do I do this and succeed? And and you know, it's never about this, but I think everybody knows. You kind of look at this as a business standpoint. How do I make sure I don't lose the most amount of money and also don't upset my clientele? Did you have conversations with other track promoters in the state about what you were doing? Um, well, absolutely. I've talked to all of them. But I, di- I didn't call them to ask permission. Sure. And that it, not that because it, I didn't feel I'm not doing anything differently than I've done in the past. Yeah, leasing racetracks you know, for the Great Lakes Super Sprints is yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sprint cars. So that part, and to me, in my head, I was finding I, I wanted to keep I-96 active. I didn't want to see it go dormant for a year, and or ever. <laughs> And um, so I, I, it wasn't a matter of that, but I talked to all of them and told them what I was doing. 
And the Friday night wasn't a big deal because I-96 is a Friday night track. We do have a double header on June 2nd and 3rd. And that Friday night did start posing a little bit of a problem. Um, it made it really difficult for what classes to run because now I'm up against Butler, Thunderbird, and Crystal, three really good customers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so probably what we're going to do, of course, we're going to have uh, mini wedges at every tra- show. Um, most likely what I'm going to do is after the heat races, the mini wedges are going to come out and we're going to run the whole mini wedge program during the intermission while the track prep's getting ready for the feature. That's kind of the game plan at this point. You know, they go out and they'll run their, their heat races and then we'll turn around and they'll run their features. Um, but the Saturday night show that we're running is going to be a, a wing show. And I didn't have the non-wings to run that night, nor the lightning sprints, because they're both running at two different tracks. So we're racing at three different tracks that night. Um, So I didn't even have my own classes to fill that hole. So we're running, we're looking at doing a special uh, bracket race for sprint cars, which is going to be an invitational thing. We're going to run GLSS which will have a, probably a B main. So there'll be plenty of wing shows there and the Midwest compact tours coming in. So I had the most difficult time with that Saturday night race because of my relationship with the other tracks. So that's what I talked to all of them about. So because our non-wing are going to be down at Butler that night. And I think the wing the lightning sprints are at silver bullet, I think, but that's been my challenge. You know, a, a promoter that doesn't have any ties to any other tracks at least doesn't have to worry about that at night. I have to worry about that. <laughs> Eric, this question's for you, and I know Barry's supportive of this, but Zach and I have been going, uh, you know, going to I-96 back from the ethanol tour days when we worked for them. And and we've noticed over the years, so we're, we're not, we've not just been there for a couple of races, right? We've noticed the prior owners um, really had a tough time getting a show done by one o'clock in the morning. Um, right. And I know Barry does not want to be there running races at one o'clock in the morning. How are you guys going to make that better and avoid that? Um, well, for one, my my boss has put a curfew on me of nothing after midnight. So, and he wants. Um, he wants everything to clip right along. He said, you know, he goes, if I've got a stalled, uh, stalled spot out there where we're not running anything, he goes, people are getting antsy and they want to leave. So he wants to keep the show like rolling right along. Like as soon as one class comes off, he wants the other class going right on the track. So, yeah, I know. I just noted it's been, you know, that's one thing that nobody's ever been able to through multiple owners there um, yeah. to try to try to get a, a, a race done. I know every time I've left there and I live two hours away, I get home at three o'clock in the morning at least. And, uh, you know, there, and there seems may, I, my opinion is less divisions. You're going to be able to do that. I don't think you're going to be yeah. anywhere near that if, if you're running no. Great, great Lakes no. Super Sprints and late models. Right. No, well, no. You you hit the nail on the head. Um, 
And that was partly, that helped in my decision on having late models and wings on the opener. Because my goal, I know we're going to have a lot of wings, and I think we got a full field of late models and possibly a B-main and late models. So I think that's a, that's a huge show. Um, and my goal was to get the show going and get it done. And I'm not going to say any times because I don't want to jinx it. But, <laughs> oh, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Rich will do that for you. Rich is really good at jinxing a good show when it's moving along. Trust yep. me. So, but I think, I think we did a really good job. <clears throat> the shows we ran, we ran last summer, um, starting in July. You know, I was really proud of the fact that first one we ran Fourth of July weekend was the first one that GLSS ran, and we were done with the last feature at 25 after 10. We had a fireworks show for 20 minutes, and people were walking out holding their kids' hands with smiles on their face at quarter to 11. Yeah, that's my goal, personal goal, and. I can't help, you know, Saturday night at Waynesfield, Ohio, was our opener down in Ohio. We had non-wing and wing. We had 58 sprint cars there, and then we had 21 mods. And halfway through the, the qualifying, we got a 20-minute shower. Well, we got it all worked in and started to go, and we would have been done even earlier. We were still – midnight when we were done however we had 11 wrecked sprint cars yeah we had seven reds mainly because the track was really fast and there was a lot of grip um but you know so we did our job we put on a hell of a show but it, and it was good racing but you can't help those kinds of things you know sometimes if you have reds like that you know, the, the driver is the first priority, and, you know, that happens. But on a daily basis, I'll tell you what, I want to be I want to be loading up our hauler, me pulling out of the track at 11. Yeah. That's what I want because we got a lot of – we you know, we usually have a race the next night. Well, so, let, me t- let me tell you guys this. So what's, I got to explain what Zach said a minute ago. So I am the biggest jinx for getting a show in on time. <laughs> So uh, we every, almost every time we're at I-96, and it's happened a few times, 935, 940, I said, man, we're making great time. All we got is three features left. Four flips, three red flags <laughs> later, it's 1130, and we're not even halfway through the night, and Zach comes and tells yeah. me it's my fault. So I promise you guys, this Friday, I'm not saying a word. Good, good. Well, Zach told you you weren't invited friday right <laughs> well you know you know they do make duct tape yeah, hey there you go um gentlemen we have to uh we have to put a bow on this and so i want to go to each of you um eric from your perspective um uh, just just an overview right uh excitement anticipation nerves i'm sure um but uh i want to give you a chance eric and then we'll go to barry to talk to the fans right now and and uh, you know, let it's. I don't want to say it's a final plea, but it's like a, you know, final message uh, as we get out of here and get excited for nine races at I ninety six Speedway. Uh, just some closing thoughts from you. Uh, you know, I I try to, and all of my posts that you probably read off of ninety six. You know, I I try to make it um, as professional as I can and as enthusiastic. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I mean, my. My sister last night, when I was talking to her, she 
she said that she goes, I have never, ever seen a twinkle in your eye of excitement. You know, and I, this has been a dream of mine. I mean, I want, I want this place. I want it to, to be successful. I mean, I want it to be the best that it's ever been. And, you know, I want to put a show on for the crowd and the fan, we know without, without the fans, we're nothing. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I want to put a good show on for everybody. You know, I've, I've got some things in the works to where we're going to be out in the community. I'm going to go to the high schools and see if I can get them to the choir and the band to do a national anthem out of all the area schools. Um, I got some things in process for, you know, the fans, you know, to be a part of, you know, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be with Barry on this. And, you know, I, I really want the fans, you know, to, to show support, you know, but I want to support the fans, you know, they're, they're the big thing. Barry, two divisions, um, two, two key divisions. Many wedges are on the docket this weekend as well. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So we've yep. got, uh, so we've got, an opportunity for 60 plus race cars between two, three divisions. Uh, you know, some people don't count many wedges, but they are the future of our sport. So I think you should. Um, so we probably, you know, are in line for, for maybe 70, 75 cars on the property this weekend between three classes. Um, $15 ticket, Barry. I mean, this is a fantastic program on a Friday night and, uh, it, it looks like it's going to be a really nice night. Yeah, I think so. I'm, you know, Eric said it all. And I can't reiterate enough. The biggest thing I was nervous about is how I was going to help take care of that track living 95 miles away. So that was my biggest black box in this whole deal. So meeting Larry and Eric and seeing all the TLC they're given the track, which it needed, has really got me twice as excited as I was. Um, you could see me smile in my eyes because... I didn't know that is, I can promote, I can talk on the phone, I can be on the internet, I can be on the, you know, I can do those things from anywhere, but you can't replace the safety lights from, from there. You know, you got to be there. Um, and Larry and Eric are both excited. Larry, I talked to him on Friday before we headed to Ohio, and I think what the fans have to look forward to is our shows are roughly three weeks apart. And I would say it's safe to say they're going to see something different all summer long every time they come to the track. So it's just going to keep getting better as the season goes on. So I'm extremely excited about that. Barry. And uh, I, think, I thank both of them for doing that. Absolutely. Uh, last thing from you, Barry, is uh, I want you one more time to hit gate times, ticket prices, and advanced tickets are available right now online as well. Yep. Go to tickets.greatlakesupersprints.com, um, and they're available. You should be able to get it from our, our schedule page as well. $15 general admission, 35 pit passes. The gates open at 5 p.m. for the general admission, and the pits open at 3. So, and if something were ever to happen that we need to change that, it will be blasted out on Facebook and every media thing we can. So, I, I love I love the brain I love the brain of a promoter because he didn't say any of the bad words at all. He didn't say any of them. He just uh, just <laughs> laid it out there what, where we need to go. Barry Marlowe, uh, Eric Myers, thank you both so much. A 
for what you're doing to help save this racetrack. I-96 Speedway, I think, is one of the gems in Michigan. It's got a great facility. It's got uh, a great physical racetrack. It puts on great shows. Um, so I want to say on behalf of the Michigan motorsports scene, thank you both for what you're doing to save this place. Of course, thanks to Larry for buying it. And also, I want to thank you guys for being on the show tonight and, and really kind of opening, pulling that curtain open for everybody as we get ready for Friday night's opener. So thank you guys both. Oh, thank you for having us. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a lot of information and um, enthusiasm and I think really, Rich, uh, good feelings that you have right now about these nine races at I-96 Speedway. Um, I, I think the path is laid with good intentions, and that's a good start. You know, we talked yesterday, Zach, about five tracks that changed hands over the winter, yeah. and, and, and Scott and Pam Phillips picked up Winston just a few weeks ago. Um you know, but is I-96, because of everything that's gone on in the last year or two, is this the most exciting thing that they're going to be racing and that it was purchased for racing and that Barry's going to be promoting events there? Is that one of the most exciting things at any of the dirt tracks here in Michigan in 2023? Well, I think when you realize that <clears throat> uh, two of those racetracks that you met, Winston and I-96, both had developmental companies on the property surveying it, looking at it, and uh, really considering buying it. So you mentioned this yesterday at the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club event. We went from the possibility of losing two racetracks for good to all five that changed hands still being racing facilities. And uh, really how amazing that is. It's exciting for the entire sport, I think. And if, if you're not fired up about that, you don't really belong in our sport right now because it takes everybody. Uh, and we talked about this yesterday. Rex Wheeler, the new owner of Owasso Speedway, was on the property at Birch Run with Jason Lord, and they're just swapping compliments with each other about what – and they're 45 minutes from each other competing with one another for cars and fans and just talking about how excited they are for each other to do what they're doing at their racetracks. And I think that's where we need to be right now. Yeah, and I, I don't think that – you know, when, when you have that many tracks change hands or, you know, you got a couple that are for sale, you, you know, you don't figure, you figure the odds are that one of them is going to go by the wayside. We don't want that to happen, but just because of the odds of, what are the odds that all of them come back? Right. And, and everything gets turned over, especially three weeks ago, we didn't know what was going on with Winston, right? We hadn't heard a, a, a peep out of, out of the West side of the state, out of Rothbury. So um, I don't know. I thought it, I think it's great. Um, and you know, with, with the team that, what is it? Uh, entertain the entertainment company that bought I-96 and then Barry stepping up to promote those events. I think, um, I think that's huge. And, and really I-96 is very right in the middle of the state. Everybody can get there pretty easily. Um, and they're going to put on some great shows in 2023. I'm excited. Let's take a look at the upcoming calendar here as we wrap up another extended edition of Horsepower Happenings. And, of course, Rich, we just talked about it. Friday night, I-96 Speedway, Great Lakes Super Sprints, Northern Division, opens up the season. 
looking for drivers like Max Stambaugh, looking for drivers like the Bulldog, Greg Dahlman. Still really excited about the new graphic on that car, by the way. I don't know if you saw my post, uh, but the Bulldog has stuck for the 25-year veteran who will be beginning, be beginning 25, his 25th year behind the wheel Friday night at 996 Speedway. Ryan Rule on the Home Pro Roofing Car. Home Pro Hammer of the Month candidates are going to be coming out strong on Friday night, so you're going to want to be there looking at that. Um, Danny Sams, will he make an appearance? Who will we see on Friday night? And I think, as Barry said, we're going to probably see somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 cars battling for 22 starting spots, and uh, it's going to be wild. And then, of course, Dirt Car UMP Late Models, Rich. We've been talking to Chad Finley, the Brandon Thurlby's, the Travis Stemlers that love going to that racetrack. I think you're going to see the star power come out Friday night at 996. I think so, too. It's going to it might not bring you back to a total American ethanol tour day event back at I-96, but it's going to be pretty darn close. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, lot of UMP late model drivers in our region that love racing at I-96 Speedway. It's fast. You can run top and bottom down there. I wouldn't be surprised to see a pink number 91 unload Friday night either. Really? I wouldn't be surprised. He likes running that joint. I would not be surprised. If if, if it's a for sure go, I think he might be there. I didn't see the pay though. I did we'll have to look at that. I didn't hear ah. what the payout was for the I didn't hear what the payout was for the UMP late models. If it's UMP sanctioned, which is gonna be the key, if it's a UMP sanctioned race, he'll be there. I, I just, I'm just you know, we can we can put a side wager on it. all right let's talk about some other things that are going on winston speedway is going to open their uh, doors for the first time on friday night as well as their plan uh for their michigan late models and imc modified show that is their plan is to get things rolling on friday of course with new ownership at the helm and then saturday we're gonna we got to do some work rich we got to do a lot of work for saturday uh but there are some great things planned for saturday including the season opener at kalamazoo speedway yes i said saturday uh season opener plan for kalamazoo speedway late models two thousand dollars to win street stocks two thousand dollars to win outlaw front wheel drives and zoo stocks on the schedule as well plus great lake super sprints scheduled to be at crystal motor speedway and i know anticipation continues to grow to finally get a race in at that facility I hope they don't have to wait as long as Attica did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That that, but it, it's going to happen, right? This this weather, this weekend. I can't believe how many weekends in a row we've had different type of weather that doesn't work out with what we want to do. Yep. How did I say that without saying the wrong word? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you 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 can take a little more notes from Barry, but that wasn't bad for your first try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, so that's what we've got. I want to highly encourage you. And now I'm going to play this game a little bit too, Rich. I want to highly encourage you to take a look around horsepowerhappenings.com at some point this week. Just gander. Just start clicking on stuff. Just see what you can stumble upon and uh, take a look. We've updated the homepage of the website, by the way, so it's got a fresh new look on the homepage if you go to horsepowerhappenings.com. And then just look. Just look around. Just start clicking on stuff. Do you think somebody might be able to find something going on around 7.45 p.m. on Friday? They might be able to stumble upon something that might be happening. Yeah. 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 Is that? Was that? That, that, that should intrigue you enough. Uh, so with that, I want to say thanks to uh, Tyler Reisinger, who joined us, uh, Eric Myers, Barry Marlowe. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. On behalf of Scott Mellon, who pays the bills, Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser, thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings.
You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.